Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Matt, here we are again uh, with Kaiju Transmissions. I hope that is everybody's favorite podcast ever. <laughs> um, oh. <coughs> well, uh, you know, uh, Matt, why don't you introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Matt. There you go. Uh, this is a very special episode, Matt, because uh, we have... I couldn't imagine that... When we started this podcast a year ago, we would have somebody this prolific, this influential, and this legendary on here with us. I it it it's, it's it blows my mind, really. Um, but uh, so we're introducing uh, this episode, which is an interview with the one, the only, the man, the myth, the legend, Sonny Chiba. One of the most incredible uh, stuntmen, martial arts actors of all time. Um, And I mean, geez, I mean, you pull up Sonny Chiba's filmography and he's in everything. Um, (laughs) It's true. I mean, like, he's really in everything. uh, I mean, he got his start with Toei. And so, I mean, uh, old tokusatsu movies like The Golden Bat and uh, Invasion of the Neptune Men. Um, and then, you know, uh, a lot of just awesome uh, martial arts movies like uh, the Street Fighter films. Um, Hattori Hanzo was a famous character he played uh, on, um, on, on TV and later on um, uh, would reprise that role in uh, Kill Bill for Quentin Tarantino. And yeah, the, the guy is just, uh, I mean, he's amazing. Uh, he's been in everything from, you know, Message from Space to Fast and the Furious 3, Tokyo Drift. Uh, I mean, geez, he's, he's just done so much, it, it can't really be described. Um, <laughs> but uh, just, I mean, I've, I've always loved Sonny Chiba. Um, like I said, most people know him as Hattori Hanzo, um, and in the U.S., it, it, you know, in, in, in Kill Bill. Um, but he's done so much more than that, and just, uh, geez, what what a guy to to, <laughs> to be able to uh, 
to interview for this podcast. Uh, uh, it's amazing. So um, now, uh, Matt, I'm going to have you tell this story again in case, you know, one, one, someone listens to one before the other or whatever. So th- this, this uh, was recorded at Fandom Fest in Kentucky where you uh, bravely ventured out uh, to interview both Mr. Sonny Chiba and Kenji Oba. Um, and, uh, the, the experience was rather strange. So, um, I know we just recorded the Oba intro, but I, again, tell, tell us the story again, because A, it's amazing and people, like I said, might not be familiar with it yet, but B, it, it, it's worth telling a second time, I think. Anyway. Oh man. Um, so here we go. We, we, we make our trek down to good old, uh, Kentucky and we go to this thing called Fandom Fest. And Fandom Fest last year was held at an expo center. Um, and I actually went to that because they had all the Godzilla suit actors as well as Ultraman. Uh, ben Faria were there. It was a wonderful experience. And honestly, for me, um, one of my life – like that, that's a once-in-a-lifetime kind of experience. Um, this year, they could not come to an agreement between Fandom Fest or the expo center and where they had it last year in Fandom Fest – um, could not come to some sort of agreement. I don't know if it was a financial thing or you know what have you. So at the last minute, the convention was moved to an abandoned Macy's uh, inside a mall, which was incredibly bizarre. So you had to park um, at one of the main mall entrances, walk in through the food court, um, and basically walk into the main entrance where – once you're in the mall, you're walking into like where the former Macy's was, and that's where they would check you in and you t- take care of everything. Um, it's really bizarre when you walk into a mall and you see a bunch of cosplayers and then like you see like the 60 and 70 year olds that are there for their shopping and you can tell they just don't know what to think of these kids in their cosplay outfits. Like that was hilarious. Um, so we're, we're checking in and as we're walking in, like the place where you see the perfume and like merchandise with all the glass casing, like that's where you have some of your vendor set up. But the problem is like you still have Macy signs in some of the places like hanging from the rafters. Um, and some of the like doors had like caution tape on them cause you couldn't go in them. And it was just, it was a very last minute, um, change and it was a very bizarre experience. And, you know, <laughs> it, was, it was, I mean, I know for a fact that many of the guests pulled out, uh, that were scheduled. If you go to, if you would have gone to the Phantom Fest website a day or so before the convention and you went down to the very bottom, it had a list of like 10 people deep that had canceled their appearance because of this, this change. Um, and I know that a lot of the vendors just talking with them and walking around overhearing conversations were complaining about both the environment but also like just kind of the lack of, of flow with people and people not spending money. It was just a really, I think, well, not a very well thought uh, production put on by Fandom Fest, and I hope that they go back to the convention and the, or the, the Expo Center next year. As a result of that, um, we ended up interviewing – Sunny Chiba and Kenji Oba in basically the abandoned dressing room behind where their table was. <laughs> and it was like, you know, it couldn't really be helped. And the reason I say that is because we initially were just going to interview them right behind this curtain. There was plenty of room. And then across the way, there's this big band. It's like this like goth band playing Southern rock and bluegrass. It was an incredible, like out of nowhere, <laughs> all of a sudden I hear like, ding, ding, ding. And this guy's like jammed out on electric guitar and blasting music. And I'm thinking like, man, this is, this is, this is G-Fest audio issues all over again. How are we going to get past that? Well, we basically barricaded ourselves in this abandoned um, you know, changing room, and we did our interviews back there. So it was the only way that we could really 
get away from the noise and, and again it's not perfect because the 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 tops of the fitting rooms are cut open so like you still get some of that noise but it, it was the best thing that we could do to kind of get away from it i checked the entirety of that place and like there was nowhere else to go that wasn't already being taken by another group so we were stuck with what we had and um i'm really thankful to, to jim cernel for le- letting us interview sonny chiba by the way because like without him none of this happens and i never thought i'd meet sonny chiba let alone interview him and also i gotta be you know frank i mean the entire kaiju transmissions family kind of came together for this like me you trev eric and, and chris like we kind of all pitched in and put these questions together um and, and i'm really thankful to you guys because i'm doing this kind of on the fly and you guys are sending me a bunch of questions and it was just a really interesting day, but Kenji or Kenji Oba and Sonny Chiba both gave great interviews. They talk about their relationship with one another. Um, Sonny Chiba is hilarious. He's like one of the funniest guys you could ever meet. He's incredibly animated, very passionate. Um, he gives a great story about Quentin Tarantino, which I'm not going to spoil for now, but about how they met and how he, he came to get the part of Hatori Hanzo. Um, he talks about the Japan Action Club. With If you don't know what that is, listen to the interview. That has a very prolific effect all the way down to Godzilla. It actually affected Tom Kitagawa specifically. So really excited for people to hear this interview. Um, enjoy it. Know that it was a crazy day for, for uh, the Kaiju Transmissions team and just kind of the way everything set, were set up. But it was a fantastic time and honestly it was an honor to, to meet and interview both Sonny Shiba and Kenji Oba. When you first saw Kill Bill and Hattori Hanzo was on the screen, were, did you think, you know what, one day I'm going to interview Sonny Chiba in an abandoned Macy's dressing room? <laughs> uh, I did not, um, but it happened. And, and you know what was really <laughs> cool about the whole thing is, like, these guys, I, I don't think they have that sense of you know, entitlement that some of these other actors might like, they didn't care. Like they give no, they, they didn't give any craps about where the interview was taking place. They were just happy to be there. And Sonny Chiba, um, it was actually at the end of the interview, we were talking afterwards. He actually asked me to pick the microphone back up and keep recording because we were talking about, um, one of it, one of the movies he made. And he wanted to actually talk about a movie that he wanted to see made, which I thought was really cool. So like he was extremely passionate about giving some of those answers and i really appreciate that i mean you you've met and we've, we've talked about this multiple times like you've been to conventions and you've gone through lines and guys are like signing autographs and like you feel like a number to them it did not feel that way with either one of, of these two because they, they really felt i mean they were happy to take pictures they always had a smile on their face um Sonny Chiba was exercising <laughs> like in the back room. Like he had this, you know, those little rubber band things that you used to kind of do like, you know, curls and stuff. Yeah, like, yeah. They, they still exercising. Um, it was just a really cool experience to meet both of them. And they, they both seemed very humble and gave really funny stories. And I'm just excited to be a part of it, honestly. Sweet. Did they, did you have anything signed by them? Yeah. Um, so I, I basically I had a um, a picture for each of them that I that they had on the table that I had signs and I have those those upstairs. Um, Sonny Chiba kept a Kill Bill picture, like a poster that he was handing out, and he he actually when I was taking my picture with both of them, he grabbed that and put it in front of him, <laughs> like, <laughs> "Hey, I'm a Tori Hanzo." Um, but that's actually not mine. I have uh, basically a picture of Sonny Chiba and a picture um, of Space Sheriff Gavon that I had. Uh, each one of the respective actors sign, and I have those upstairs. All right, cool. All right, well, uh, I can't believe I'm saying this, but uh, 
Here it is. Uh, enjoy our interview with Sonny Chiba. All right. Uh, we are live, and this is Matt with uh, Kaiju Transmissions Podcast. And we are actually at Fandom Fest in Louisville, Kentucky today. And uh, I am honored to be interviewing Sonny Chiba. Um, and my interpreter is Hiro Kitagawa. Say hello for everybody, Hiro. Hey, everyone. This is Hiro Kitagawa. And uh, so we're just going to jump right into the questions for Chiba-san. Um, I guess I'd like to start out and just ask, uh, how old were you when you first started learning martial arts? Uh, 20, 21. 21. 21. Now, what, uh, what prompted you to start the Japan Action Club? How did that come about? Uh, ポンの意外と日本の俳優さんは体を使わないでやろうとしてるんで非常にいろんなことができなかっただから体をしっかりと作る俳優さんというのは体を作るんだということで始めたのがジャパンアクションクラブですねそう so in Japan at the time especially um there weren't many actors who could move who could act in the uh, very actionable manner in the very uh, movement oriented manner like how it was in the US so I wanted to create a club an organization where we could develop actors who can do actions who can do real actions awesome um, my understanding is the Japan Action Club is responsible for a lot of the tokusatsu actors that we see today in a lot of the um, productions on television is that correct いや、あの、特撮というだから体で表現するってことはこの五体が柔軟な素晴らしいどんなものでも動けるような肉体を作り上げなきゃいけない役者のも原点です役者の原点のみんな日本の俳優は欠けていたのでそれをもう一回やろうということで作り出したのがジ
台本が来て大きな映画だと2か月3か月かかりますね台本読んでから、はい、テレビだと大体1か月ぐらいでクランクインします。Hmm. Product, of course, but generally for the、uh, how big it is. But the、uh, generally for the movies, it's about two or three months.、Uh, for the TV shows, it's a little bit shorter, perhaps about one month. That's very quick.、Um, so, during your time,、um, well, throughout your career, actually, you worked with、uh, Kenji Fukasaku.、Um, do you have any stories about working together? Yes.、Uh, Kenji Fukasaku no debut, it's Kenji Kantok no Dai Ikai Kantok. Kanakari was Yushuna Kantuk, this Nihon de Mamu Yushuna, Anushono Dai Ikai Kantuka, Dai Kai Shuenans. Imio Karimaska. Eto Karado Dai Kai Kantuka, Boka Dai Kai Shuenans. Ah, Naro Naro. Hi. Ryohoga debutant. Mukua Dai Kai, Boko Dai Kai, Mukua Dai Kai Kantuk, Boka Dai Kai, Shuen, Hi Eshuenans. So, yes, um. His debut movie was my debut starring role. So we, we were, in a way, both、uh, first time main guy doing trying to make it work. And so, yes, that, that's the very, very, very strong starting relationship. Awesome.、Um, what kind of director would you say that he was? It, I mean, was, is there anyone you could maybe compare him to? Or、um, it, how would you describe his directing style? Hi. もうやっぱり日本でも有名なあの素晴らしい監督で誰よりも深くものを考え深く掘り下げて掘り下げるっていう意味わかるかなものすごく深くものを調べたり深くものを考えたりしてくる人でとってもだからあの人の映画っていうのはほとんど出来がパーフェクトにいいものばっかりです。でやっぱり頭のいい人ですから本当にあのよく勉強なさっているんでいい監督にはですから我々が一生懸命勉強していかないとあの監督に追いついていかないんですよだからあの監督とやるときはもう本当に勉強していかないと大けが出ないです。So Mr. Fukusaku is very very intelligent man and he's an excellent director. Um, he, he does a lot of research going in extreme depth, making sure that everything is perfect. So, a lot of his, most of his、uh, products are near perfect, I would say that.、Um, so, in order to catch up with him, I myself have to study a lot. I can't just expect it to work. I have to do my work to sort of catch up to him to his level. Yeah. When you were working on、uh, early tok-、uh, tokusatsu films such as Invasion of Neptune Man, Or、uh, Golden Bat.、Uh, can you describe what those sets were? Or what they were like, meaning how large they were?、Um, maybe what the environment was like working on those sets? Uh, 最近やってやっとゴジラとかあのレベルが高いものができだしましたけどもうつい最近まではもう本当にアメリカの足元にも及ばないようなあのとてもなんていうかな言うなればあ簡単チャチい特撮ものででしたから特撮ものの映画にはあんまり出たくなあ,ありませんでしたね。
So uh, the tokusatsu stuff in Japan at the time um, was very, very behind. I would say it was very behind, especially compared to how it was in the US, for example. The America was over here, high, very high, and we were down there, out the chart. So uh, honestly speaking, I really didn't want to be uh, in tokusatsu initially because ah, of okay. that. Recently, that has changed a little bit with the uh, uh, the rise of Godzilla and other genres. But at that time, yes, it was very the set was not very well made. It was sort of cheap production. Do you remember working with uh, Vic Morrow from uh, Message from Space? Do you have any stories about working with him? <laughs> He's, I, I wish I could describe the the look he has on his face. It's really it's really great, guys. Remember very well, very <laughs> Can you well. tell us any stories? Because uh, it was uh, the Mr. Fukasaku. It was part of his work, so I remember very, very well. There's so much to talk about. What what should I talk about? Anything specific that you guys would like any, to know? Any funny stories? Any any things that happened on the the set of the film that maybe weren't supposed to happen? That kind of stuff. あの、やっぱりあの、ビグモロさんとか英語を話す人と日本語話す、つまり日本語とアメリカ語、英語が入り混ざるわけですよ。さっきの中に。え、だからみんなが分からなくて、え、ワンモアタイム。no, please, English. No, 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 Japanese. So working with somebody like Vic Morrow, um, there has to be the mixture. The communication was a mixture of English and Japanese. So uh, that part was a little challenging, but it was more funny because we would say something in English, but he wouldn't understand, and he would try some little <laughs> Japanese phrase, but we wouldn't understand. It was just a back and forth and back and forth, and that was the catch ball of the conversation. Was. American style, ready, camera, action. But. Kinji Fukasaku, Japanese sir, yo, start! <laughs> a big, a big, no, no, chigao, chigao. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah, there, there, was, there was a lot of, uh, a lot of stories, and one, one, one that I remember is like a, uh, so the American style of directing is like uh, get set ready and then start. It's, it's more organized, I would say, but the uh, Fukasaku style would be like, Go. And that's that, that kind of very, very, very Japanese language, even language is Japanese. So there was a lot of a uh, lot of confusion and a lot of uh, a lot of funny stories based on that. <laughs> and of course, Vic Mora would say, huh? What? Yeah, that, that, that happened very often, very often. Yeah, I love. Uh, actually love Message from Space. I was wondering if uh, you had seen uh, Star Wars prior to actually making that movie, because it came out around the same time. I think it might have come out at the same time, but uh, I believe maybe there wasn't Star Wars. Maybe it wasn't as popular 
Maybe. when the message from space was being made. Ah, I see. Um, so what was it like working with uh, an international cast? I mean, I feel like that would have to be something that was uh, fairly difficult because you had, obviously, you had Vic Morrow, but you had other international actors on that film. Um, how was that different from working with an all-Japanese cast and like, what were some of the challenges you might face besides the obvious language barriers? もちろん日本の人たちでやるときはもう普通にもう何のその考えることなく自然に入っていけるんですけどやっぱりまあアメリカの人たちっていうのは全てが言葉も違うけれどもやっぱりいろんな方法日本とアメリカの違いはありました
そしたら夜中に突然ワインを一本持ってコンコンと私の玄関を叩いた男がいた12時ぐらいに誰だろうと思って開けたらクエンティンだったんです。And then we were, of course, going off, partying, having a good time. And then, at about 12 a.m., midnight, there was a knock on the door,、um, and there was a man standing there with a bottle of wine. That was Mr. Tarantino. Kinji Fukasaku, I'm very surprised. Wow, Quentin, welcome! So, of course, we were like surprised. It was a complete surprise. We were like, whoa, 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 Quentin Tarantino, welcome, welcome. And we,、uh, we just got started drinking. So, Director Tarantino, he, during, during when we were halfway drunk, we started talking about, you know, by the way, the,、uh, the wine wasn't the only gift that I have.、Um, we're going to take a,、uh, a movie called Kill Bill, and in that movie, I would like you to be this character. Hattori Hanzo, that is a real present. <laughs> That's awesome. That's a great story.、Um, let's move on to working with uh, Kenta um, Fukasaku. Obviously, you worked with、uh, Kenji's son、um, during Battle Royale 2. How was he different from his father in terms of directing? Hmm, So I feel that、um, he is, he is、uh, Mr. Fukasaku's son.、Uh, so they, have, they share similar characteristics. And I can see that he is、uh, Fukasaku-san's son. However, unfortunately, I, I personally feel that he's not at the level of his father.、Um, so I would say that he still has a、uh, fairly big shoes to fill. For the audience out there, actually,、um, Kinta took over the role of filming or directing, I should say,、uh, Battle Royale 2 because his father passed away during filming. And so that led to the transition.、Um, so moving on to Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift. Um, I'm kind of curious how that set and that experience was maybe different from other, some of the other films you've worked on. That's one of the bigger US productions you've been a part of. So I wanted to know if there are any things that stuck out to you in terms of、uh, that particular production. I'm going to say that Kill Bill is a very good movie. 一つも違うと思いませんでした僕にとってはアメリカ映画は全て大切ですしいつでもどんな場合でもあの映画を撮ってる時の姿勢は一緒,一緒ですしそれにそんなに大きく変わってるというふうには思いませんでした。So, uh... 
if I were to compare, I would compare with Kill Bill. That's about the same size of a film. Um, however, I didn't really feel uh, Fast and Furious was any different. Uh, to me, all American movies that I am part of, I feel as important on all of them. I feel they're very, very important to my career and my outlook in life. And um, yeah, I just didn't feel that it was particularly more important, let's say, compared to Kill Bill. I felt that they're both very important to my style and career. Um, so two questions. Uh, one, is there a particular film that is your favorite that you've been a part of? Um, and then two, is there one of your films that you wish maybe had more global recognition? あの、やってたことがあったんですよ。実現できなかったんですけど、とにかくやっぱり深作金次というあの人の監督の力は世界で通じるものだと私は信じてましたから、もっと元気で本当は世界で一緒にやりたかったですね。So this is specifically about Fukasakusan's uh, directing the movies, but um, because of I believe that he's highly skilled, essentially all of his products are very good. Um, now, kind of a side story, there was a time where uh, Quentin Tarantino, uh, Kenji Fukasaku and I were in the hotel room just kind of discussing to make a uh, kind of like a joint venture product, joint venture film, uh, which unfortunately didn't happen. But if that would have happened, that would have been great. Um, or otherwise, generally, I believe that his uh, films are all great. So um, nothing really specific, but I believe I feel that I wanted um, more of his films in general. I, I wish that it would have received more recognition. Are you able to talk about the film that was unmade and maybe disclose just kind of a general plot for it? So, yes, uh, the general idea was that uh, Kenji Fukusaku would um, be in charge of filming in the Japan side, and then the US side would be done by Quentin Tarantino. Um, unfortunately, before that materialized, uh, director Fukasaku had passed away. That then never became materialized, but that was the beginning, starting idea of this film. Uh, no, I mean, two legendary directors, that would have been, I'm sure, fantastic to see, and I'm very, that would have been awesome. Um, so, uh, Ken um, Takakura and Hiroki uh, Matsukata both passed away recently. And I'm wondering if you had any stories of working with him at all that you would like to share with us. I've mountains of stories for 
ケンさん、タカクルさん。ケンタカクルは、まあ、あのアメリカとロバート・ミッチェルとも一緒に共演しているヤクザって映画があったり、それからあ,あのー、あれは誰でしたっけ、ダグラス、誰でしたっけ、あのマイクルダマイクルダグラスと撮った映画日本。アメリカの映画を撮ってますけれどもやっぱり高倉健さんというのは世界に通じる俳優さんでしたので、ね、英語もしゃべれる方でしたからやっぱり健さんにもっともっとアメリカ映画に出てほしかったですね。So this is more so、uh, my personal wish for、uh, Ken さん。But he's, he was a very talented actor. He worked with、uh, international, in international films. He worked together with Michael Douglas, for example. So、uh, personally, This isn't really a specific story, but I wanted him to be more, more prominent、uh, figure in that industry, sort of like a leading role.、Uh, what about Hiroki? My father was a famous まあ、そういう素晴らしい俳優さんが僕より若くして先に死んでしまったことにものすごく残念でえ逆にえもう一回二回一緒にやりたかったものがあるんです。So he is of the, the proper、um, actor's family. His father was a、uh, very prominent、um, actor and he was on his way to becoming that. So I would say that he was a sort of a thoroughbred of the,、uh, of the The film industry, it wasn't, he wasn't like the, the sort of like a weed like us. Now,、um, so because of that, I, I really wish that、uh, he would have gone on, he would have lived longer to, to go on to become somebody who's,、uh, that he could have potentially become. So that's, that's I would regret that. I, I regret that. Uh, uh, this will be my last question for you. And、um, what advice, if any, Do you have to any、uh, to stunt actors who want to get into the industry? I mean, you're, you're, you're a legend in the field. You started a company that oversees this. So, what, what advice would you give to future stunt actors who want to get into the industry, whether it's acting or tokusatsu or maybe both? Nippon stuntman, American stuntman, very different. What different is Going back to, that, to, to in response to that question, the American statement and the、uh, Japanese statement, they're very, very different. Do you? The American statement and the American statement are different. The American statement is that the American statement is a statement. The American statement is a statement. 日本は命をかかっているくせに一番安いんですこんなバカな話がないでしょうだから日本のサントマンは一番かわいそうなんですうんそれが違うところなんですけどこれからど,どっちに何を言うのか、うん、日本のサントマンに言うんだったら日本の,あの映画界よといい加減しろよと命をかけてるやつをもっと大切にしろよと。So, like I said, there are large, large differences, and the difference will be that American stuntmen they, they risk their lives, 
they basically do dangerous things, they dangerous stunts, and they're, they're in a dangerous job. And for that, they get compensated quite a bit. The Japanese one, in contrast, they do the same thing, they risk their lives, they do dangerous stunts, but they're the lowest paid. That's the difference. So um, I would say that if anybody, I, I would have different, differing advice to if you were an American one or if you're trying to get into the Japanese industry, that would be the difference. But if, the, if you're going to a Japanese industry, Japanese stuntman, I would say that you, uh, essentially, you have to speak to the director, you speak to the movie industry and rise up against it to make, make your worth known. Otherwise, why? Okay, we were talking about uh, G.I. Samurai, and I told him that I was watching uh, G.I. Samurai last night. I guess he had a, some comments he wanted to add to it. So um, how did you get started in the film? And I, I, it's, a, it's a great premise. Uh, it's a great science fiction film. So I, I like the idea of it. So I'm kind of curious how it came to be and um, what your thoughts are for it as, as a film. So uh, you may know, but the plot would be that uh, the uh, the army, the Japanese army, would go back in time, time travel, and basically they get their ass kicked by samurais. Yes. I really want to do this in the U.S. I want to do the America's best, best airplanes, the best battleship, the best everything, all army fighting the cowboys and loose. I want to see that. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. I would love to see that. Maybe. あの、日本、アメリカのすごい今の現代の生産。過去の、過去のサムライ、つまり日本、アメリカで言うならウエスタン。日本の、サムライが負けてしまうというね。これあの、現代劇の超最高級の武器を持ってるものが負けてしまう
in the end, the Native Americans would win as well. Ah, okay. Yeah. I see. Yeah. <laughs> so there will be I want that. See, I want that happen. I want to see it in the U.S. Well, thank you very much for the interview. I appreciate it very much. No, no, no. You're welcome. Thank you very much. <laughs> no, it's, it's been, uh, thank you for your passion. Um, it, it's been wonderful to speak with you and answering. Thank you, Hero, for all the interpreting. Couldn't have done it without you, sir. My pleasure. Um, and uh, this concludes our episode. Thank you for all of our listeners, and uh, we will see you on the flip side. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.